0: um might have been pastor a slight slip of the tongue it's not cambodia that i went to but it was congo slight difference um but still experiencing god nonetheless um for those that are new here um, this is not regularly scheduled programming pastor mike is um, back in the u.s on uh, family business and um he will be back Monday. So in the meantime, I'm a poor imitation of him and um, we will return back to regularly scheduled programming next week. Um, So I've titled this, Sticking Your Neck Out. So, a picture of me, kind of, Um, figuratively anyways. Um, And at the risk of offending some of you today it might resemble you as well. Um, let's look at a turtle here. It's tucked its head in, nice and comfortable inside a shell, pretty safe. But inside of that shell, nothing gets done. And sometimes our faith is like that too. We get comfortable. We have a very, very narrow view of the outside world. We don't take risk. We don't reach out because we're afraid. We're protected inside of our Christian community. But that's not God's will for us, is it? Keith Kendig last week was here preaching, and he said, and I quote, we have a lot of fear sometimes about jumping out and doing something in faith. But once you've done it, if I were to go around and maybe ask some of you, in faith, I did this. I trusted God to do what he could do in this situation. We could have some marvelous testimonies across this whole sanctuary. And he's right. And so this is a bit of my testimony, um, as many of you know, um, about my trip to the Congo last, uh, this past spring. Um, for those of you that don't know... Um, Joy Sametu, uh, along with her husband Henri, founded New Sight Eye Clinic as a medical ministry serving in the remote region of northern Congo. And it's a ministry that our church AIC supports. Prior to Congo, they served for eight years in Gabon, running a similar ministry by setting up a new eye clinic and training the locals there so that they can continue to run that eye clinic and is still currently running to this day without their assistance. Uh, Currently in Congo, they are partnered with Pioneer Christian Hospital, another medical ministry that's out of the U.S., uh, and they have their eye clinic set up inside of the hospital. And in addition to the clinic, um, they've complemented the the French and their local dialect uh, Sunday morning service that they run, uh, in in addition to an English-French service uh, since this past March. And um, in their ministry, they've already been bringing people to Christ. Now, um, a little bit of background about me. Um, I've Previously, I've done 20 years of IT in Canada before coming back to Hong Kong three years ago. Um, prior to February, I've never looked at the new site iClinic's Facebook page. Never thought about it. Just never looked at it. February 1st, this is her post. The official figures are in. Our Internet only works half the time. And when it does, it's working at a speed of 5 kilobits per second. Roughly. This compares with our friends in Hong Kong who get 90 megabits a a second. Now some of you here have fiber, might even get faster than that. In other words, the internet in Hong Kong is 16,000 times faster than our internet. Get in touch if you're an IT geek who would like to help us get better internet. We need the internet to source and buy supplies, arrange logistics, and run the center. Now for some reason, I just happened to be looking at their facebook page the very next day something that i can only attribute to, to to the holy spirit prompting me to look i had no reason to look i just happened to be browsing you know kill time surf facebook and there it was so i responded i'm a recovering it geek that happens to be part of the aic congregation i am what can i say let me know how i can help with your internet connection Though what I can do may be limited from thousands of miles away. I mean, I offered to help. It's pretty safe, right? <laughs> 11,000 kilometers away, how, how uncomfortable could it get? And let's see what happens, right? So, just kind of, I'm going to underscore her problem a little bit. It took her six days to get back to me, because she couldn't get online. Even just to check messages. Who here remembers internet before, you know, everybody had it on their cell phones and before 3G and LTE? Who had like mobile internet, you know, to edge? Who had dial-up internet, right? Imagine your dial-up internet speed and then having to share with five of your closest friends. That was the speed they were getting, okay? Pretty slow and it really hinders their ministry work because they can't Communicate with, the, with their supporters, um, with other people that can help them with organizing, purchasing supplies. And it's not just them. It's also the rest of Pioneer Christian Hospital and their staff as well. So I saw the reply, you know, kind of a bit taken aback. Right? I see the real needs of these people. I mean, you can see it. Practical needs that I can actually help with expertise that I actually have. I mean, if you look here, and she's bold enough to go to, to ask, we would have someone love to help us develop a solution in Hong Kong, or better still, come. Nah. It's, it's Congo. No. It's the middle of Africa. Did Ebola just happen there? Right? And this is, a, this is an email from a friend of ours um, that I think sums up best the type of person that i have she got this message um heard about me going to congo in early march so i'm just wondering when and how long victor is likely going to congo so exciting and yeah i completely forgot how he is kind of a diva (laughs) i.e no camping and what an unlikely thing it is that he would go to africa too funny if that isn't god working I don't know what is, right? That just pretty much sums up about me. No, no Congo, please. Thank you. right. So, you know, I did what any diva would do. (laughs) I offered to help from afar, getting rid of the guilt without getting uncomfortable. I mean, I had the perfect excuse. I had three kids here. You guys know how busy that can get. Why would I go? You know, I'll, I'll just kind of hide in my shell, comfortable. I'll just stay right here, thank you very much. So I helped from afar, from here. For the next couple of weeks, I got in touch with Pastor Leung, um at, a, at a Alliance Global Serve, helped coordinate the equipment, helped plan, you know, what they need to buy, what they need to bring down, how it's going to be set up. Um, but in the back of my mind, something was nagging me. It was... Too much of a coincidence that I saw that post the very next day that she that she posted it it just it I couldn't explain it so I talked to my wife about it you know should I go now in the back of mind she's probably already thinking, yeah she's, he's going to go, but you know not me you know is this God leading me? so we prayed about it. And we prayed about it. And we prayed more about it. You know, we knew, you know it would have been hard. Annie would have had to manage the kids and her job and everything else on her own. And, I would, and I'd be gone for, for, for a few more weeks than I'd originally planned. Um, but you know, for me, I'm a bit of a doubting Thomas. I wanted God to affirm this trip for me in an undeniable way. So Sunday night, March 1st, rolls around. And I had a ticket back to Toronto in a week. And I still couldn't decide wh- whether I should go or not. And I remember telling Annie, you know, we're just during our pillow talk, you know, God isn't going to send me a WhatsApp message, is he? You know, it's just never going to be that clear. Those were my words. Well, didn't get a WhatsApp message, but I was chatting with a friend on Facebook the next day. Somebody in Canada she knew I was coming back. But nobody knew that I was thinking about going to Congo. Nobody in Canada knew. And only, even in Hong Kong, only a couple of people knew outside of the AIC staff. So, you know, chatting with her. And this friend, out of the blue, you can see the, you can see the message thread here, right at the bottom. Going to Africa for missionaries. Like, that's pretty blunt, you know, for God to just kind of put this right in my face. God used this person to tell me, go. There's no reason for her to mention Africa or missionaries. There was, she was we were just chatting and, you know, when I was coming back to Hong Kong, that was it. She, she didn't know. So that was it for me. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty clear message. I had to go. So six days before leaving Hong Kong, I decided to go to Congo. You guys found out the day before I left. For those that were here um, at the end of March. So off we went. Um, so with the trip confirmed, uh, I was the fly-in from Toronto. Uh, Joyce's parents, who was also vi- uh, part of this, uh, was going to be flying in from the UK. The Hong Kong team was flying through Dubai um, with kind of scarce, uh, staggered dates. Um, Joyce's parents coming in on a Friday. I was coming in Saturday night. Hong Kong team coming in Monday morning just before 6 o'clock. Um, what's not shown here, uh, our flight into Infanto, which is the, the, the village where the ministry is at, and that flight leaves around 9 o'clock in the morning. All right, so three hours and 20-minute connection in an international airport, Man, what could go wrong, right? Um, if the Hong Kong team misses that connection, no big deal. I mean, th- there was a Tuesday flight, or so they thought, when they booked this flight in early March, there was a Tuesday flight. Two weeks before they were to fly down, that Tuesday flight got canceled. So much for plan B. So they're flying in from, through Dubai, and they found out their flight was delayed by another hour, cut in half basically. Um, and as you can see, um, at the bottom right there, in the morning, they're still waiting for the counter to open, which is their delayed departure time. The chances of making that flight was slim to none. What's the right response here, right? Me, I'm a control freak. I'm trying to figure out all the ways I can solve this problem. What's the right response? Top Top right corner, Joyce's father still shall pray very fervently. So we prayed for them. The AIC team here prayed for them. The entire Pioneer Christian Hospital prayed for them uh, that morning during their, uh, their daily morning devotionals. Um, our teammate Alice here, who by the way is here today, sitting next to my wife. If anybody wants to ask about Congo, go ask her after service. Um, her, she said it best Let's experience God So We were already in Congo We arrived in, the, in that airport Monday morning Around 6.30 We go find out what time the flight's coming in 9.16 9, in the morning I mean you can't imagine Our hearts just sank Knowing that four of our teammates Wasn't, uh, wasn't going to make it That they couldn't get in That their next flight was Friday. Their trip, 11 days down to 7. Right? So I'm, in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, what am I going to do now? The people that were going to help me set this stuff up? Well, I'm, I'm going to be short on help. How am I going to get this stuff done in the, in, in the 11 days? But you see, I totally missed the mark. The purpose of this trip wasn't about getting the wireless stuff set up in the hospital. The purpose of this trip was to experience God, each and every one of us that was on this trip, and see how he calls together every detail according to his purpose, and how he can use every situation to strengthen our faith and to show us that he is ultimately in control. So Romans eight twenty eight 28 here. And we know all things. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So, we're sitting at the airport. 8.50 rolls around. We're waiting to board the flight to Infanto. The gate agent walks away, basically closes up the counter. So, we're wondering, what's going on? So, the flight's supposed to be landing, in, you know, taking off in 10 minutes. 9.15 rolls by. We get a text message from the hospital. The Hong Kong team has landed into the airport. nine hundred and forty five were sitting there. to our stunned surprise, they came rushing down to the boarding area. They made it through immigration, uh, well, through, with the help of a local travel agent, made it landed, took the bus into the airport, cleared immigration, reopened a check in counter that was already closed. Re-clear security running back down to us in 30 minutes. Nothing short of a miracle. They made it. How? wasn't supposed to be. Their flight landed 45 minutes, you know, 50 minutes after we were supposed to take off. Why was our flight delayed? Because the weather at Infonto was too severe for the flight to take off. Coincidence? Or God working? God wants, God, if God wants us to be there, he will find a way. If this, is, if this trip was blessed by him and is his will, he will find a way for every one of us to get there. So this is a picture of our team and one of the missionary Sarah Spears uh, in the back. In terms of goals for this trip, we had two main goals. Improved the internet, set up wireless, wireless, um, wireless network. And the other was ministering to the missionary kids that were there. Um, the two ladies that were part of the team, um, Alice Joyce, uh, Joyce Ma, um, they signed up with Alliance Global Serve uh, quite a while back to, to serve short term in West Africa. But the plans have changed. And Pastor Leung had asked them if they would consider participating in the short-term medical ministry. Um, outside of Pastor Leung, the 14, all the fourteen members had no prior experience in missions work. And as a medical missions, we had three people in IT and one that was a former journalist. And Pastor Leung, well, he was, a, he was, a, he was an electrical engineer before he... Joined full-time ministry 20 years ago. A really unusual combination of people for an Africa missions trip, because none of us have been in one. Never mind, in a challenging place like like Congo. That um, it was a medical missions trip. None of us had any medical uh, knowledge training whatsoever, and none of them spoke the language. Nobody spoke French. I, I had very limited French. Vocabulary from grade school in Canada, and that was it. But we went, unusual combination. And the trip back in, I think, late last year was still up in the air. They didn't, they didn't know if it was gonna go or not, cuz only two people signed up. So Pastor Leung and uh, AGS, they prayed about it, and they still decided, yeah, um, they're gonna go ahead with the trip. Uh, Jason here, who's in the black shirt in the back, um, he worked part time uh, at AGS as, uh, as, an IT, uh, as an IT person, but and he wanted to go, and he expressed interest in December. But in January, his doctor told him he couldn't go because of um, some, uh, a medical condition that he had that he sh- well, that he shouldn't go. But none of that mattered. Our experience didn't matter. Our skill set didn't matter. As he's in control. God's in control. It's God who prepares. So, in the two months leading up to the trip, uh, Joyce Samatu suggested we do something for the missionary kids. Um, AIC, we ran a VBS program last Christmas. We had extra material. So, yeah, let's bring it down. Um, let's serve the, the ministry kids that were, that were there. Um, Alice uh, was, or is, an Awana Games leader. Um, at Kalentong Alliance Church, so he knew a lot about you know how to how to run VBS program for kids. Um, Jason at the end of February was cleared by his doctor to go. He, could, uh, he medication that he took that was only supposed to help partly and cause other issues. Everything cleared up. He he was a lot he was he was okay to go, and I joined at the beginning of March. So now we have a capable IT team that could solve the the their problems we had we had two ladies that were able to run a, a vbs program for for the missionary kids that were there the team put together last minute but god did it didn't matter what our skill sets were right coincidence that everything just falls into place or is it a god thing and then while we we're there there were these Chinese migrant workers that were in the middle of the African jungle building a stadium. About 300 of them at one point. I think they were down to about 50 at the time we were there. Um, there was an election coming up in Congo, and that project was winding down in, in the interim. So three weeks before we arrived, Joyce bumped into a couple of these workers in the, in the town market uh, and talk, chatted with them a little bit. And um, they had invited Joyce to come over. Um so what if they, so what if the team doesn't speak French? They could speak Poonghua, They can still minister in the middle of Congo. It didn't matter. Our skill sets, what we think we don't have, doesn't matter. So here's a perfect opportunity to reach out to these migrant workers, because um, you know, even at the ends of the earth, you, you can still be used very effectively in whatever skill sets that you have. So, uh, unplanned, a team along with Joyce and, and uh, with, uh, with the team and Joyce's father, um, they decided to visit a construction site at the end of uh, one of the work days. Now, I didn't go, so I didn't get to see this. I wish I had because I didn't speak any, any Mandarin, so it wouldn't have been useful for me to go. But when they went, they had arrived just as these two men were leaving, who turned out to be the, work, uh, the, the owners of, of the, of the uh, Chinese construction project. Joyce didn't remember their names. If Joyce pulled up in in her truck a minute earlier, they would have been turned back by the guard. If Joyce pulls up a minute later, they would have been turned back by the guard. But instead, God's timing, and they get to minister to to the Chinese workers that were there. Coincidence? Or is it a God thing? Here's another picture of us um, with um, Dr. Harvey uh, on the left and um, his wife, Rebecca. Uh, he's been a missionary in the Congo for the past 20 years. Um, God brought him there in 99 uh, to Infanto to reopen a clinic that had been closed for five years. And uh, God continued to open doors for him to be able to... S- Start the uh, Pioneer Christian Hospital, officially opening in 2006, after five long years of preparations. All right Here's someone that is living out the verse here in Romans 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving in the Lord. Be joyful in hope patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So you can see his zeal. um, Here's an email I received from him uh, prior to going. And the bottom here might be a little too small for you guys to read. But it says, in our 20 years of experience living in Congo, we have found that God supplies our needs at just the right time and in his way. He is omnipotent and sovereign. You can trust him to bless and provide for you as you work on this project. We are standing on holy ground. Pretty strong declaration of his faith. Well, why? Well, when you if, you've, if you stick your neck out, And you are going to a foreign land, and you're forced to rely on God, and you experience him. That's how you you become strong in faith. For example, in 2003, he was the only doctor there. He was working on a trailer tire, and a tire exploded, knocking his hand back and his arm into his head, knocking him unconscious, breaking his arm in the process, except that There was a doctor that was flying in, about to land in an hour, that that was just about to visit him, that could minister to him, that could bandage him up, that can get him triaged so that he can fly out to Point Noir to have surgery. Coincidence? God's protection? Or that he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis last year? And you don't see the discouragement from this person. He's still living faithful, you know, with in zeal with spiritual fervor. This earlier this year, his symptoms flared up. He needed treatment. He needed this drug. A drug that wasn't available in Congo, Congo or most of Africa. But a doctor that was flying in from the US to the hospital just happened to have brought that drug with no no intentions of of who or how to use it. Just happened to have two doses of it coincidence or God? Now, the trip wasn't all, all work and no play. Um, Sarah Spears, one of the Canadian missionaries that was there, um, and she's been there since the 80s, um, she took us out on a Sunday out to the Pygmy Village uh, in, in, the, in the jungle of Congo. Um, picture of her on the left here, here's uh, all of us that went. Uh, four short-term missionaries that were there, all medical, uh, in, in some sort of medical field, getting training there, um, along with the Hong Kong team, and uh, some of the Pygmy villagers. Um, Sarah felt her calling to the Congos. underwent training to be a nurse in the 80s, uh, eventually specializing in leprosy, something that is still rampant in northern Congo to this day. I mean, as you can see, her, she's just a short, meek person, and yet her her demonstration of the love for Christ, um, truly, truly following Christ the way we all should be. Her soul um, her, at her house, she didn't even have she didn't have electricity for months, and nobody knew about it. Her solar system, the battery had died. She doesn't bother to complain. She doesn't bother to tell anybody at the hospital. To her, it didn't matter. She didn't want the people to waste the money fixing her system. She wanted the money to help serve the people that were there. So much so in, in her heart for, for the love of the people and serving. Here's seven of us cramped in the back of her uh, Land Rover on our way back uh, into town after the, after the Jungle Walk. And that she would pull over and pick up this guy who had this 100-pound sack on his back, just had probably another four or five-mile walk, heading into, the, heading into the town trying to sell his goods. He hops in. Did I tell you he's got a machete in his hands? Would you all stop by and pick up somebody with a 12-inch knife in Hong Kong just to give a hitchhiker a ride? Because I know I wouldn't. But here she is, you know, stopping, hel- helping where she could. It was just another day for her. This is what she does every day. Showing the love of Christ, ministering to those with leprosy when others would cast them out. One of the most striking examples of faith, personally, for me on this trip comes from this experience. So, their internet connection is protected by, protected very meticulously because of the lightning issues that are in Congo. So, their satellite system hooked up with a couple of batteries and and, and other charging mechanisms so that if a lightning strikes, the batteries would take the brunt of it. So this charger that they have just happens to give out while we were there. So now what would you do? You needed a charger in Hong Kong, what would you do? Go to Aplio guy, pick one up, not a big deal, right? And if that one doesn't work, what would you do? Go back, get a refund, get another one, still not a big deal. We go into town, we buy a charger, we go back, we hook it up, and it charges like 5 amps output. And I'm thinking we need 7 at least on the equipment. The, the charger advertises 20. Okay, defective, we'll go back, we'll swap another one. We bring our voltmeter back, we hook, it, we hook up the ones that were there, we pull out a second one, doesn't work. We pull out a third one, doesn't work. And another, and another, and another, and another. We try like eight, nine of them, none of them work. So what, get our money back, go find another one in another store? That was the only stores that sold them. So we called the doctor, Dr. Harvey. Hey, listen, you know, we need a charger. What do we do? Well, we did pick one up just three weeks ago from this store. So we found out which model it was. We asked them, hey, you got this one here. Can you get us another one? And they dug and they dug and they dug and they finally found it at the bottom of some pile. So we pay for it. We go back. We hook it up. Five seconds later, poof, smoke comes out. Now what do you do? Like me of little faith, right? I give up. Throw my hands in the air. I'm done. Henri, Joyce's husband's like, let me try it one last time. He goes back to the store, swaps another one, comes back. And I'm like holding on to the two leads are just about to clamp it onto the battery, like two inches from it. And he goes, hold on. Let's pray about it first. Okay, sure. Why not? Right? Doesn't hurt. So we said we say a quick prayer. We hook it up. up I'll 25 amps. Charges beautifully. You know. We, we tend to not need to depend on our faith when we live in a city with all sorts of resources to us. We can do it on our own power. When they're living in the middle of nowhere. They're forced to rely on God each and every single day. We don't get to experience; we, it's so difficult for us here to experience God the way that they would. And I think for that reason alone, y'all should go on a missions trip, just to see what God can do for you—not for them, for you. Because on this trip, even as we're serving the missionaries, it wasn't them that benefited. They did sure, but we all did as a team as well seeing how God can work that we otherwise just are blind to when we're in a city like Hong Kong. So now what? What do we do? Um, There may be some of you here today that might not not have accepted Christ. And for you, the only thing you need to judge is whether I'm telling the truth or whether I'm lying. And if I'm telling the truth, whether these are all a bunch of coincidences or whether there's something more to that. For the rest of us that have affirmed our faith in Christ, but not if, when God calls you to do something, whether that be in the city, whether that be halfway around the world. Is this who you want to be? Now, I know not all of us will be called to missionaries' work afar. Whether God calls you to serve here locally or internationally, whatever role he calls you to, it's not where or what that matters. It's how you respond that matters. Pastor Mike preached about the Philippi Church earlier this year. They supported Paul with resources. But I think more importantly, they, support, they also sent people to Paul as well. Philippians 2 verse 25 says, But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, my co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. As a body of Christ, not only do we need to support a missionary financially and to pray for them, but we need to send people to walk alongside them as well, so that they too, can be ministered to so that they, too, can be encouraged, but also so that we, too, can walk alongside and see what God's doing in our lives and in theirs. When God calls on you, will you respond by hiding in your shell? Or will you see the shell as as God's protection and be mobilized for God's purpose and glory? Thank you. Please rise with us. We're going to sing a particular song that... uh